0: Hello, this is episode 181 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha Riley. This is a short episode on the idea of plugging into the pain. You know, my earliest memories of being different were at the age of four in Montessori. Aside from always going back to those sandpaper letters, which I never mastered. But yet being in the big room with the older children from everything else, from maths to geography. My hat was thrown in the fountain in the back garden. It was a Georgian house where I went to Montessori school. It was of my friend Patrick, but the whole class ganged up on me, and there was a massive water fight. Everyone was soaked, and it was suggested that I had outgrown Montessori. There are many other parts to the story which my parents tell in a much more amusing way. I was blamed as I was half a year older, but I really felt like it was me versus the world. Luckily for me, my mother laughed. She thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever to leave a bunch of small children unattended with a water fountain. What could possibly go wrong? And I think she knew it was my favourite hat and that Patrick was meant to be a friend of mine. My next clear memory of this was in primary school as I battled to seek help. I would try to find the one person in the class who would help me to do tasks, but this was seen as disruptive. And I spent most days outside the classroom door and I would be invited back in at the end of the day to take the homework down off the corner of the board. When I asked how I was supposed to do my homework, I think I said was, how the hell am I meant to do my homework when I haven't been in class all day? And I was sent to the principal's office and I was told that that was all very well, but I shouldn't swear. I was seven. So I was then placed on a table on my own in the room with two foot between me and everybody else so that nobody could help me. And I think this is one of the reasons why I worry so much about the impacts of social distancing on little people right now is left me with a deep inability to ask for help because that was the whole way that it was set up and done. But it is, like, it's it's a very excluding space to be in as a small child. And it's a, in my case, it was done as a form of control. And at the moment, it's being done as a form of control as well. So I think we need to be incredibly careful about how that translates in a six and a seven-year-old's mind. I always talk and I write about these stories and experiences of mine from a place of observation. I didn't tell you how to feel, I present the story with the feelings and the emotions for you. You get to critically think about what you feel about this situation. How much of what you read actually asks you for your own opinions or your own feelings or your own experiences to plug into something. It might ask you to pick a side whether you think something is right or wrong, but it doesn't actually ask you to feel it and experience it. How much of what you read is simply the 10 steps to fixing yourself, or to fixing an aspect, or to the 10 steps in some way or another to be more productive? If you don't understand how you feel or how others feel, how can we ever have more humanness in humanity? And that is really what makes up humanity but it's the part that we've been running away from for a long time. But I ask you to plug into the pain and that takes work. It takes work to sift through all the scenarios, all the ones in your own mind and ask yourself, did I ever stand up for anyone? Did I bully them too? How awful did that feel for her? How can an adult do those things? And how can you really not start to care, start to reflect on what it's like to be somebody else? that perhaps it is your responsibility to worry about how other people are. We should be able to present the world to each other so it really affects. Not just something you can easily share, but something that actually stops you in your tracks and makes you question yourself and question your past self and question your parts and things and question, how do my children go into school every day? And do they think it's okay if we all laugh at somebody else? Do we think it's okay when the teacher picks on somebody because they can't stop to reflect on what they're doing? And I think for me the most shocking part of my journey when I started 11 years ago was meeting people who were the same age as myself and hearing exactly the same stories and exactly the same emotions and exactly the same feelings 30 years beyond when I had felt them and gone through them. So Because we haven't managed to plug into each other's pain, we're still doing the same things.